You'd think that as a video game podcaster and comedian, my life is all fun and games. And honestly, you'd be right. About 90% of the time, it's, it's pretty sweet. But every morning, I deal with something very, very serious. My face. You don't become an Edmonton 6 overnight. It takes work. And in my case, it takes good facial hair. And fortunately, I have a great facial hair tag team partner in Harry's. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set and see what I'm talking about. Harry saw the tire fire that the shaving market had become and asked, how did it get like this? Crappy plastic razors, overpriced blades, all locked up like gold bars. And they said, no, we... We can fix this. And damn it, they did. Harry's ships premium quality razors right to your door. About once a month, I check my mail and there's that little box with everything I need to keep my kid presentable status. The blades stay sharp longer, which means an easier time getting my face in order in the morning. And the razors don't look like a dumb piece of plastic that a junior high schooler uses to take care of their peach fuzz. You have the facial hair of a man now. Shave like one. I actually leave my razor handle on the bathroom counter all the time just because it looks so damn classy. Harry's blades are German engineered and they're made to last. They're the best blades on the market for the best price and you don't even have to go out to get them. Set your delivery schedule and shave like a king. I know it sounds sarcastic, but I'm being serious. I've used Harry's forever. These blades are really freaking good. Highest reviews in the industry. A money back guarantee that you're not going to need and a subscription that you can cancel anytime you want. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just 3 bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. Hey everybody, as you've probably heard me plug on Remember the Game, we have a Patreon full of hundreds of archive bonus podcasts. And the library over there has gotten so big, I figured I'd start giving away the occasional freebie here on the main Remember the Game feed. If you enjoy this episode and want more of these, subscriptions start at just $3 a month and you'll get a new expansion pass every Thursday. We also have a gaming news show called Game Patch every Friday, my vlogging podcast, The Rambling Idiot, every Tuesday, and our Simpsons podcast, Purple Monkey Dishwasher, hosted by me and Mark McHugh every Monday. And they're all finally available on Spotify too, which is fucking awesome. Uh, This month I figured with Final Fantasy VII Rebirth releasing, I'd throw my original Final Fantasy VII Remake review up here. This is an oldie. This is Expansion Pass number 4, and it originally went live on April 29th of 2020. Uh, And if you're wondering, the first half of the episode is spoiler-free, and then the second half is my spoiler cast, but I warn you, and I play music and everything before any of the spoilers start, so you're good to listen up until that point if you don't want anything ruined for you, alright? Thanks for for listening to the show and I hope you enjoy this free episode of Expansion Pass. Let's go.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to the fourth edition of Remember the Game Expansion Pass. This is our Patreon-exclusive secondary podcast here at Remember the Game Industries. My name is Adam Blank, and as you can tell by the teasers and the image and the title and all the stuff going with this week's episode, this is uh, this is my Final Fantasy VII Remake episode. It is going to be... Uh, the first half is going to be a completely spoiler-free review of the game. I don't think I'm going to spoil anything from this game or the original. I'm going to try to keep it completely on the up and up. And then the second half of the episode is going to be the spoiler cast, where I get into the ending of the game and the, everything that happens and the characters and all that good stuff. Uh, there'll be a, uh, I'll put a timestamp in the description box to tell you guys when the spoilers start. I'm going to play some music before the spoilers start. I'm going to give you like three warnings before the spoilers start. So as long as you're paying any form of attention... Nothing should get spoiled for you. And uh, I'm really fucking excited to finally get to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, my God. Uh, Before I do that, which is almost entirely what this episode is going to be, I got a couple of small things I want to touch on. Uh, First and foremost, uh, the Expansion Pass episodes that have been made available this month, the first four episodes of it, are going to be going away from the free feed and back behind our Patreon uh, support as of Wednesday. Wednesday morning. Uh, so that's uh, uh, ranking all the Mario games, uh, some suggestions on all three consoles for things you should pick up during sales, uh, the Q&A episode for April, and now today's Final Fantasy VII episode. I made them free for the month just quickly. If you, I guess if you don't know if this is your first episode or something, uh, I had to shut the Patreon down very temporarily, but didn't want to take away all the people's episodes, that all of our Patreon episodes that people had paid for. Now the Patreon is back, so I'm going to be shifting it back to normal in a couple of days. That way it's fair to everyone. All of our Patreon can download those episodes whenever they like if you're not a supporter of patreon you've got a couple of days to catch up and then maybe just consider signing up if you're enjoying these episodes i release a new one of these every single sunday plus you get a shout out on the show we're going to be giving away a video game in may to one of our patreon listeners the video game of their choice you get to vote in a poll for an upcoming episode uh, a game that we cover on an upcoming episode you get all kinds of cool stuff you can interact with me on patreon um patreon.com slash remember the game it's only two dollars uh and just hey listen if you're thinking about signing up don't sign up until may 1st because if you sign up uh what's the day this is going live is april 26th if you sign up in the last couple of days of april you're going to get charged the day you sign up and you're going to get charged again on may 1st that's how patreon is working so please just wait until may 1st you're going to have until like may 5th to sign up to get in on the video game draw so just hold off for a couple more days if you want to get in on it okay uh and uh, before i get into uh final fantasy 7 I just have to give a quick shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. I'm not going to name all of you guys this time. You're getting your shout outs on the regular episodes. I know this last month has been a mess. Uh, I have legitimately stressed out about it very, very hard. Probably more than I... I don't want to say more than I should have because I hope you guys understand how seriously I take the Patreon and your financial investment. I just didn't know what to do with your free episodes. I wanted to make sure you guys got them and I was shutting down the Patreon. I couldn't put the episodes on the feed or anything. Uh, we'll be back to normal right away. Just thank all of you guys. I, not one not one Patreon person complained, excuse me, complained or asked for their money back or was upset by any of it. It was really, really cool of all of you guys. I appreciate the support so much. So just thank you. Thank you so, so much to all of you guys. Um, so with that said, let's get... I'm making sure I got into everything. Uh, yep, yeah, I did. Okay. 
Let's get into Final Fantasy VII. I have been wanting to talk about this game for over two weeks. You guys have been asking me about it. I've seen people have commented on Twitter and Facebook, Instagram. I've had private messages on everything. People being like, hey, do you, what do you think? What do you think? I've been teasing it. I can finally just puke it all out over the next 45 minutes or so all over this desk. I'm going to get everything I got in my mind about Final Fantasy VII Remake out on the table. And then you guys don't have to hear about it anymore until I inevitably start a replay. The second part, some information comes out for it. Or I start talking about my game of the year contenders because here's your first piece of news for this this is so far and away my game of the year right now and i know there's still eight months of the year left uh i'm very sorry to ori and the will of the wisps which was my previous bar for game of the year final fantasy 7 remake nailed it like they murdered it it's so good and honestly with the exception of maybe last of us 2 or cyberpunk i don't foresee or a surprise game i don't see what knocks final fantasy 7 off of its perch as my best game of 2020. And uh, I mean, I hope something does because that means something else was fucking insane. Uh, but I would say that this game is like, it, it, one of the funnest video games I've played in years. I don't remember the last time I was that hooked on a game. Every single gaming session, I was just so excited to get back and play more of it and see where it went. And like, and I wanted to take my time, which is very rare. Like, when I get really into a game, I just want to like, you know, just like, blah, 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 and just inhale it. And with Final Fantasy VII Remake, I found myself wanting to take my time and play a couple hours and then take a break and then a couple hours and then come back the next day. Not because I, w I wasn't having fun, but just it was so good. It was like cheesecake. Like it was so rich. And I just was like, okay, I need a minute to digest this, right? Plus it's broken into chapters, which is just the perfect way to do a video game because there's such a clean break. You know what I mean? Like it's play a couple hours, finish a chapter and then move on and go do something else and come back to the next one. So, uh, I guess that's uh, almost a spoiler. The game is fucking really, really good. Again, there'll be a timestamp in the description box telling you guys when the spoilers start. I'll mention it. I'll play music. I'll do everything I can to warn you. The second half is going to be the spoiler cast going into all the details. This first half is going to be a completely spoiler-free review. If you haven't played the original Final Fantasy VII, I'm not going to spoil anything from that either, okay? So, uh, two things I have to get away uh, off the top. Uh, I already mentioned this game is awesome. Uh, avoid spoilers. And I'm just telling you that. Like, if you, whether you've played the original or you haven't, uh, if you have any passing interest in playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, avoid spoilers to the best that you can because they add a ton of stuff, a ton of extra characters and, and details and story elements and gameplay elements and everything. And I just, I can't stress it enough. Uh, I absolutely adored this game. I would have liked it not substantially less, which is what I was about to say, but I would have liked it less had I known some of the stuff that was added while I was playing. So just avoid spoilers at all costs. Do not spoil this game for yourself. If you've got even uh, a semi-interest in playing it, do yourself a favor and just avoid the spoilers. Um, and the second thing I want to get out of the way before I get into this is uh, I highly recommend you play the original game before this remake if you haven't. Um, I don't think you have to, but I just, like, to me... I mean, if if I hadn't played the original game before I played this remake, I'd probably give this remake like an 8, an 8.5, because it's really good. But with all the nostalgic ties and the seeing your favorite scenes from the original game remade and your favorite characters remade and the music, the music alone is phenomenal. Um, 
I would say having played the original before I got into this and then taking all those nostalgic feelings and exploding them, it takes this game from like an 8 or an 8.5 up to like that 9.8, 9.9 type thing. Like the only thing holding this game back from getting a perfect 10 from me is the fact that it isn't Super Mario World. It is so good. But I can't stress enough, play the original. And if you don't have a PS4, the timed exclusivity on this game I believe is a year before it'll come to Xbox, PC, wherever it ends up. So I think that's, don't quote me on that, but I think that's the plan. So if you haven't played the original, uh, you, you can get it on everything. You can get it for like 20 bucks or less. I really recommend play through that before you dive into the remake. So avoid spoilers, play the original, okay? That's how you're going to get maximum enjoyment out of this game. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone, like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account, and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, Crash Plan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. Crash Plan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans in tiers. So there's a Crash Plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Like I said, uh, took over my life. Took over my life. I was absolutely mesmerized by this game within the first 10 minutes uh just the title screen like with the sword like with clouds buster sword just sitting in the dark and then the you know what i mean you guys know what i'm talking about that silhouette and then that 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 original final fantasy music playing just that like almost gave me goosebumps it was just such a crazy trip down memory lane and just i was mesmerized by the it's one of the best looking games i've ever played it might have the best soundtrack outside of a Mega Man game of any game i've ever played the gameplay is phenomenal the everything um and when they announced it i was uh, the remake when they announced that they were going to release the remake in parts uh i was i was skeptical um and i guess okay so i guess that is the one spoiler i am going to drop on this uh in case by some fluke you didn't know this is not the entire final fantasy 7 game uh it ends at a certain point i'm not going to get into where it ends or anything but it, this is just one chapter of the original game um and i'll tell you guys i would say the original if you play the original game 
the point where the remake ends is probably five or six hours into the original game. And it took me about 37 hours, I think, to get to the ending of this one. So like, it's a full like meat on the bone, like game. It's a, like, it's worth your money, but you're not going to get to the very ending of final fantasy seven on this one. So just be aware of that. I don't feel like they've done a great job advertising that. I think most of the people that play final fantasy seven and have been following the story at all know, but I think just a casual person that's not really into gaming or maybe hasn't gamed in a while that's walking through the store or scrolling through the PlayStation store and sees Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be like, holy shit, really? And buy it and then find out that it actually is only uh, a fraction of the original game. So uh, I guess that's your one spoiler. Be aware of that. Uh, when they announced that, I was very skeptical. I thought, like, fuck off. Because they were Square was saying that the game is too big to put out in one original game. And I was like, dude, with games like Witcher 3 and Skyrim and Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that out there, like you can't tell me that Final Fantasy 7 is too big for one original game. Like I've played through the original game a few times. It's not that big. Um having said that, once I've played through this and saw just how much they pumped into the skeleton of the original framework, I was like, okay, I mean, I still don't know if it would have been too big. I guess maybe. I don't know if it would have been too big as far as like the game goes. It just it would have been too big as far as the development cycle goes. And I guess it is a hundred gigabyte download for this game. So assuming just I don't and I have no idea how many chapters there'll be, but let's say there's four chapters. That's a four hundred gigabyte game potentially. So yeah. All right, I get it. I get it. So I was skeptical, and I'm over that now, and I'm okay with it. Uh, once I've played through it, I don't feel ripped off. I'm okay. I want to know what happens next, but that's fine. Um, and when they dropped the original combat system, I was very skeptical. If you didn't know, uh, they dropped the original JRPG Final Fantasy VII combat, where it's just your your heroes on one side of the screen and the bad guys on the other side, and they basically just stand there and stare at each other until someone can attack. And when they initially dropped that, I thought, like, I guess that makes sense because it would seem very dated in 2020 to look at, like, these beautiful 3D rendered characters all just, like, standing there waiting to attack each other. I can get it. But I was a little bit nervous that the new combat system wouldn't be very fun. It would just be very button mashy. Uh, but no, the, the new combat system is honestly... Uh, if I have to choose between the graphics, the story, the music, and the gameplay... The, the gameplay, like the combat, might be my favorite part of the remake. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I like the old school JRPG combat too, but I love the active, like the... I'll get into it more in a minute, but the action-y combat that is in this game is so well done and so much fun. So uh, the two things that I was most skeptical about, they nailed both of them, and I no longer feel that they are concerns. So... I have a note here. Uh, I want to get the bad out of the way first because there isn't very much and I just want to get the little bit of negativity like puked up and out of here so that I can get into the rest of the good stuff and gush over this game for the next little while. Uh, I guess I would. I have chapters sing down as a knock uh, for it and I suppose that is one. Like I'm not, I, I've grown to accept it and I'm okay with the chapters. And like now I'm cool with waiting a couple years to hop into the next part because I want to see what happens and hopefully they can improve on some stuff and things like that. But it does suck. You get right into the story. The story's getting really good. You're getting just like, it's like, oh, it's like a season finale of a TV show. And now you've got to wait another year for the next season of the TV show to come out as opposed to just being able to binge through the whole series on Netflix. Um, and except in this case, I don't know if it's going to be one year. I think it's going to be two or three years before we get part two. So that that does suck. I've, I've accepted it, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't suck. 
Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it took me about 37 hours to play through this game. And I didn't even do everything. Uh, if you want to, I mean, I didn't play through on hard because you unlock hard once you finish the original game on normal. Uh, I didn't get all the achievements or the trophies, pardon me. I didn't finish, I don't think it's a spoiler to say there's like a Coliseum area like in a lot of RPGs where you can go in and fight gradually stronger bad guys to gain new stuff or materia or whatever. I didn't finish all of that. I did finish all the side quests that I could find and I did finish the main story and it took me about 37 hours. So no problem there, but it does suck to get right into the story and then find out you're waiting two or three years to find out what happens next. Um, my other little knock, uh, and this is maybe a weird thing. Um, you can't spam potions and items and I, maybe this is a stupid knock but like anyone that's ever played an rpg when you're healing outside of combat i like to save my magic and my magic points for when i'm in the heat of a battle and need them so outside of combat that's when i go to like my weaker potions and stuff and just spam four or five of them on a character to fill his health back up and you can't do that in this one you have to use the potions one at a time and it's like three or four clicks through the menu use the potion and then you have to watch the action of the potion working and then you can do it again and again and i just was like how did you guys not like in the game testing or something how did no one be like this is kind of annoying um certainly not enough to even take a point off of its score but very frustrating to me i just didn't understand it and a couple of times i would waste a potion using it on the wrong character by mistake because i was just spamming my way trying to spam my way through these menus to use one more potion one more potion and when a potion recovers 250 hp and you need to recover 2000 hp you need like six or seven of these things uh that gets old really really fast and you got to do it on multiple characters and just blah. weird thing i don't understand it uh some of the side quests they added are a little bland um I don't want to straight up call them busy work because it was rare that I wasn't having fun doing them. I did all of them and a lot of them lead uh, to some form of combat or some kind of battle, which is fucking the highlight of the game for me and was so much fun. Uh, plus they're optional. So I don't know how much you could slam them when you don't have to do them, but I will say there are a couple that you're like, uh, it really feels like they just put them in to kind of stretch out the time and the game a little bit. And they're just kind of like, okay you know what i mean it's i can't i don't want to spoil any of them i'm just saying you can avoid them you don't have to do them i recommend doing all of them because some of the rewards are quite worth it you don't necessarily know what the reward is going to be until you finish the side quest uh plus i mean you paid for the game like get your money's worth out of it but there are a few of them that are just kind of blah and then finally my last knock on the game is there's a couple of environmental puzzles um that are just kind of dumb uh, and when I say that, it's like, you know, when you're going through an area and then you're, it's, it's like, oh, we have to get to that ladder. How do we get to that ladder? And it's like, well, you have to manipulate the environment somehow or, you know, go find a hidden lever or something. And, uh, there's one in particular, uh, that you have to go through two or three segments and they feature giant robotic hands. And, uh, that's all I'm going to say, but it just, I was just that part, that one part I was like. This fucking sucks. I don't understand why they feel the need to put that stuff in. And it's not just Final Fantasy VII. Uncharted's, Tomb Raiders. Um, I mean, I don't know. I can't think of them off the top of my head. There's tons of those types of options in these games. And it's like, this isn't, nobody wants to do this. Like, who thought this would be fun? Let's take this action game where you're running through and hacking and slashing and having a great time and then just grind it to a halt where your your allies are clearly saying stuff like, well, maybe there's a way to get that ladder. And now you've got to just look around and figure out how to get there and just... Uh... Honestly, I think that they're worse than the boring side quests is a couple of those environmental puzzles. I did not... They're not hard. That's the other thing is like, they're not a challenge. They don't make you feel smart that you figured it out. They're basically just 20 minutes of like, blah... 
So, and at one point I thought I was gonna have to go back through and do them all again. And I was really mad, but then it, it didn't have to. So those are my only real complaints. And I swear like that's my only real complaints about this game. Everything else about it is good. And if you thought those complaints sounded kind of minor, well, they are, they really are. Everything else about this game is good. Let's get into the good. I've broken it down into a few categories, starting with the graphics. The graphics in this game are phenomenal. The whole game looks like a cutscene because we all know games are terrible for that they show cutscenes and trailers and you and that's what you see clips of and that's what you get all excited for and then you buy the game and you play it and then you realize most of the game doesn't look quite as good if not maybe sometimes not even close to as good as those cutscenes that you've been teased with um and i'm not a graphics guy like i mean i'll appreciate good graphics but i can look past graphics if the game is fun this is one of the best looking video games i have ever played in my life um maybe the best keep in mind i don't have one of those super powered pcs like you fucking pc master racers i didn't play it on a ps4 pro i have a standard old school ps4 and honestly i played about half of the game on an older television not like a crtv television but like an older flash screen it's not 4k or anything like that um and i still thought this was one of the best looking video games i have ever played um Everything just looks like a cutscene. And when it goes to a cutscene, the graphics don't really change. Like it looks the same way the whole time. There's a ton of little things they do that are so rad. Like whenever a, uh, one of your character part, your party's characters uh, changes their weapons, that weapon changes throughout the entire like cutscenes, straight up gameplay, everything that the new, like, I mean, you're, it's not a spoiler to say you can control Cloud for pretty well the entire game. And when the camera's behind Cloud, he's got his giant buster sword. But then when you upgrade to a different sword, now he's got that other new sword hanging off his back the whole time. And it happens with everybody's Barrett's guns, Tifa's gloves, everybody's weapons change as they go, which is those little things that I notice that I hate. And I'm sure I'm not the only one out there that like when you're into a game, but then like the original Final Fantasy VII, like Cloud's got some whole different kind of sword and it shows him holding that different type of sword in combat. But then in the cutscenes, he's got his old buster sword strapped to his back. It kind of takes me out of the moment. And that never happens in this one. Plus there's a, oh, there's such a rad touch where everyone's materia orbs uh, show on their weapons. And so if you don't have materia equipped, those orbs are empty, the slots are empty. But when you equip materia, you can see the little dots and they're the different colors. So like if, if, if cloud has three materia orbs on his sword and you've got two green materia and a yellow materia equipped, then he's got two green dots and a yellow dot. Same as like Tifa's wrists on her, on her gloves and Barrett's guns and stuff. And I think that is such a, like, I commented about it on Twitter and a ton of people liked it. We're like, fuck yeah. Like it's those little tiny attention to detail things that are so awesome because they could have never even bothered showing materia on the weapons and nobody would have noticed, but you can see that materia in cutscenes when you're running around on the map in combat all the time. Those little orbs are always there. They're always changing depending on what material is slotted into your weapons. Fucking just the attention to detail is remarkable. And speaking of the attention to detail. This is one of the reasons I suggest you play the original game first. Going back to areas that you played the original game in and seeing them on this engine and these great high def, like 2020 generation, whatever graphics, uh, is so fucking rad, you guys. Like, we all. I mean, the original Final Fantasy VII, a lot of it is you have to kind of use your imagination, right? Like, it's you're in the slums, and you can tell that these are the slums, but you can only see, like, one little part, 
and then Cloud can run around in certain areas. And this time, like you can go into so many different places and explore, and and it's not just the slums. I just I don't want to I, I I don't want to get into the details. But no matter where you are, you're like I remember this from the original game. But this is like this is how I imagined that it looked, and now they've like flushed it all out. Right? It's like it makes the original game seem like a concept art thing and now this is what they wanted to do like it's exactly how i pictured it in my head frankly it's better looking than how i pictured it in my head uh seeing some of these old environments so like just the it's just gorgeous it doesn't take you out of the game ever all the characters like barrett looks like you imagined he looked and tifa is fucking hot and so is all the uh, it's very a bunch of attractive people and then barrett uh and wedge i guess but um just a gorgeous, gorgeous video game. Uh, and speaking of the old stuff being remastered and how you imagined it as a kid, the music, you guys, which outside of the combat, the music is probably my highlight of this game. Um, it's so good. I want the music on my phone. Like I haven't actually gone and found music for the podcast yet. I'm hoping that it's readily available and I, it's easy for me to splice it in. If it is, I have no fucking idea what music I'm going to put into the game yet because it, or into this episode of the podcast because it's it's it just tugs at your heartstrings. It really does. Like you can tell right away what song is what song, but it's redone and it's it's so much better and and just oh my god. Like and. I'm trying to think of this as a spoiler. I don't think it is. So you can, there's collectibles that feature some of the music from the game, um, including music from further in the game than where this game goes, like stuff that's 20 or 30 hours into the original. And you're hearing in the first few hours of this game, if you find the collectibles that have the music in them, but it's like redone. You know what I mean? Like, and it takes a few seconds for you to listen to, then you realize like, oh, this is like a jazzy version of this song from the original game. And it sounds so good. And then the actual music, the music from the slums, the music from the, the combat from the from towers from diff, different things uh i'm trying to be very vague so i don't spoil anything but the music that like you heard in certain areas of the first game you hear again in this game but just so much better and it just like it warms your heart it legitimately warmed my heart i was just like there's no way i could ever play this game without being able to hear it and obviously everyone is voice acted uh speaking of the sound and i think for the most part the voice acting is very good some of the non-playable side characters or like just the like the npcs that you run into are a little bland but like the main characters in your party are all voice acted really well some of the more secondary characters that you don't actually play as but that get involved with you are are voiced really really well um i think cloud is phenomenally phenomenally voice acted he comes across as a little bit of a prick but he's not trying to be he's very socially awkward i love it barrett to start the game comes across as very hokey like oh mr t like just like total cliche big angry black man but by the end of it he was actually one of my favorites because he just cracked me up with the way that whoever his voice actor was delivered some of his lines tifa and Aerith are great it's just the voice acting is is really good because we never got to hear these guys talk in the original game and i know we've had advent children and stuff since but like it, they sound like I kind of imagined them sounding playing Final Fantasy VII back in the day, and then again, just the music is so, so good. Um, and then that leads you me into my favorite thing about Final Fantasy VII remake, which is the combat. Um, it is it, uh, it is so much goddamned fun, so much fun. 
You run a party of one to three, depending on where you are in the game, just like the original. You never have more than three characters playable in your party at any given time. And they all control completely different. Uh, like you have a few different playable characters throughout the game, and each one handles completely differently from the other ones in combat. So when you go into combat, um, you start out controlling the leader of your party, which I always had set as Cloud. I believe you can change it, but I never looked at it. Uh, and basically like you have two moves, uh, to start a game. Like you, so I'm trying to, like, sorry if I'm all over the place. I'm really fucking excited. So when you go into combat, oh yeah, no random encounters, which is awesome. You'll just be walking along the map. You'll see a couple of bad guys. And when you get close enough to them, it just kind of, and like shifts into the combat, but there's no cutscene, no cutaway and then loading or anything like that. It just goes like straight from your gameplay into battle and then out of battle again. Uh, when it goes into battle to start, you can basically either use attack uh, which every character, like, I mean, Barrett shoots, he's got a distant range attack, he can reach guys without being near them, whereas Cloud and Tifa have to go up and kind of melee attack them. Uh, so you can attack, or you can use, like, a, uh, I don't know what you, what, what you would call it, like a special move that every character has one of. And, like, I'm only going to talk about Clouds, so I don't spoil the rest, but Cloud, you can either attack with his normal attacks, or you can switch him into Punisher mode with the triangle button when you that's his special move i guess and when you switch cloud into punisher mode suddenly he moves a lot slower his attacks do way more damage um and he can't like dodge roll because you have all kinds of like I'm, I'm trying to use the controller in my hand to think about it i think r1 blocks and circle does like a dot like a roll dodge to get out of the way of stuff and they all control like that every character does because uh, it's on you to play defense if all you do is go in and just mash attack you're you are gonna get fucking worked um, so Cloud has the ability to shift into this Punisher mode where he does way more damage, but at a much slower rate, right? And I found myself using it over and over and over again. And they all have that. Barrett's got something to do and, and Tifa's got something to do. Aerith, you know, like they all have different moves that they can do like that. Um, and at the same time, uh, they all, every bad guy has, uh, his health is showing, uh, as his health bar is showing, but then he also has a stagger bar underneath that health bar and uh some things and you can like kind of view their you end up picking up a materia where you can view their weaknesses and stuff and uh as that as that secondary bar under their health fills up it's like a stagger bar and when you fill that thing up uh they go into a mode where they don't attack for a few seconds and they're totally vulnerable to way more damage so your key to beating especially a lot of the, the harder bosses and the harder fights in the game isn't so much about just draining their health down. It's about filling that stagger bar up, doing whatever you have to do to fill up that stagger bar, put them into a stunned, a stunned state, and then while they're in that stunned state for 10 or 15 seconds, wailing on them with all of your strongest attacks and then going back to filling it up again. Uh, I hope that makes sense. So I love that mechanic. And now also every one of your characters has the ATB bars, the active time battle bars from the original game. And in the original game, when those would fill up, then you could do a move. You could attack, use an item, use a spell, whatever. In this game, you're constantly attacking. You're constantly dodging and moving around. But when your ATB fills up, uh, then it gives you like for every time one of your ATB bars fill up and every character has two uh you can either cash one in to use an item, you can cash one in to cast a spell, or you can cash one in to do a different special move that are exclusive to the particular weapon that you have equipped. So if you find five different weapons for Cloud, you have access to five different additional moves depending on what weapon is equipped and stuff like that. Uh, so that becomes a really big strategic part of the game as well. Because if you're in a really hard fight, say you're controlling Cloud and one of your ATB bars fills up, you're like, okay, you can hit the you can hit the X button and that'll basically 
borderline freeze combat. It moves, but it moves at like a hundredth of the pace it was moving at before. And you can scroll through your spells, scroll through your special moves, scroll through your items and decide like, okay, I have this one ATB bar. Do I use it to cast a spell to attack this bad guy? Do I use it to heal one of my party members? Do I use it to use an item to bring one of my party members back to life or heal them that way or restore magic point? It becomes, that's where the strategy aspect of an RPG comes into place. And you got to remember that at any given time, you may only have one person in your party. You may have up to three. So if you have up to three, at any point, you just hit up or down and you can scroll through the different members of your party. And the computer, actually the AI is pretty good at using the other ones and doing what they're told. It's just that the other, the computer control guys, their ATB bars fill up much slower than the person you're controlling. And so I found myself at times using Cloud um, or Tifa and using their melee attacks and getting right up close and pounding on a bad guy and then having, you know, Barrett or Aerith, one of my magic users or my distance attackers at the distance. Uh, and then I would switch back to them and heal or do something like that and then switch back up to my melee guys and pound on them while the healers are filling up their ATB bars again. I hope I'm doing it justice by explaining it. It just is, is so much deeper than it appears, you guys. Like, so much. And when you add in the combos you can do and, and the different stagger effects that you have to apply to like certain bosses you borderline can't hurt them until you stagger them so it doesn't even become about doing damage it becomes about figuring out what what are they weak against that'll fill up this stagger bar so then you you have to melee on them with whatever that weakness is fill up that stagger bar and then once they fall into that stunned state switch back to your heavy hitters and just fucking pommel them before he wakes up out of that staggered state again and it took me a little bit of time to get the feel for it but once i did i was like this is phenomenal and uh, like there are, I, okay, I better save that for the spoiler part. There's some boss fights where it's really intense. Um, it's such, a, it never gets old. I mean, one of my big turnoffs with most RPGs is that I get bored of the combat and I don't want to just sit there and bash axe and bash axe and bash axe. And in this one, you never get bored of it. It's just because you're always just tuned in and figuring out like, okay, how do I, what's this guy's weakness? Or what, when do I have to dodge to avoid getting hit by this guy? Or, I mean, some bad guys, if they throw a poison spell or a sleep spell or something at you, you literally have to, like an action game, avoid those spells on, on the screen and then go back in for another attack while you're avoiding the mist or the poison or whatever it is they've thrown on the ground. Because if you step in it, then it's going to affect you. And fuck, it's just, the combat is so fucking good, you guys. Plus, they all have their limit attacks still. And so when their limits fill up, they can do all their limit moves and stuff like that. They're summoned that you can't just use as regular spells uh you can only use them against certain bad guys which i found a little bit annoying but whatever it'll pop up on a fight that you can use and you have to wait for your summon bar to fill up much like your limit attack and stuff like that and when your summon bar fills up you can summon a creature and then when those atb bars fill up instead of cashing them in for items or spells or special moves you can cash them in to make the summon do moves well he's on the board because he's just on the map fighting with you like as a fourth character um oh I just love it. I fucking, I, the absolute highlight of the game for me. I never got tired of the combat. Uh, the boss fights in particular felt so epic. And when they were done, like, you legitimately felt like you had to put your controller down sometimes and just be like, holy fuck, like, that was a, that was a 10 minute fight. And it never gets, the action never stops. Like, it feels like a fight, you know? I probably had a dozen game overs uh, during my play on normal and never once felt mad about it or like ripped off or anything. 
there, there, there's a couple of moments where like two of your party members are, are dead. You've got one left and then one of their ATB bars fill up. So you go into that menu to just, and you have to decide like, do I do a hail Mary attack? Try to kill this thing off and, and finish this battle before my third party member dies. Do I use it to heal one of my other two party members? Do I use it to fill up my own health? And the more material you get, the more it adds, right? Like, do you, do you give yourself a barrier? Do you give yourself a buff to make your attack stronger? Do you heal yourself? Do you use haste to speed yourself up? Do you do poison or something to them? Like, just, oh my God, man. What a fucking combat is so fucking good. I sure hope that didn't come across as just like a rambly thing. Like it kind of sounds like it was in my head because I was really trying to do it justice and make the combat sound as great as it is. Um, and then the final thing I wanted to touch on before we go to the spoiler half of the episode is the story. Uh, like I mentioned off the top, they add so much to this game. Five hours or so of the original game turned into almost 40 hours in this game. They flush out the characters way better, um, including some of the secondary characters like Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse. Uh, I won't get any further into detail of them if you don't know who they are, but they're like momentary characters in the first one that are like phenomenally voice acted and done in the second one or in the remake here. Um, the characters or the locations, you get to know them so much better. You get to know them intimately. Some of the towns and the slums and stuff like that. I found the original game story a little confusing at times. Um, and I can't imagine I'm the only one just between what's going on. There's like two or three different bad guys if you've ever played the original, you know what I'm talking about. Like you're fighting against something, then you end up fighting against something else. And I, I found that a little confusing at times in the original, and you will find this one confusing as well too, uh, but in different ways. Uh, again, once you get to the ending, some of it makes a lot more sense. I don't want to spoil anything like that. There's a lot of foreshadowing in this game to stuff that happens later on in the game that if you've never played the original, you may not understand, but if you have played the original, you're like, oh, fuck, I know exactly what that is or what that was. Um, they just it's it's they they add they really flush this story out and do it justice. It's like they had just so much more time to make stuff more important than it was the first time through. Plus, it's really cool to see how each of these characters interact with each other, including the voice acting and the voice actors. You know, the way Barrett talks to Cloud is completely different than the way Barrett talks to Tifa and stuff like that. And there's only so much of that you can get across with text in the original Final Fantasy VII that is just differently done with voice actor and emotions and stuff like that. Um, so the story is just really, really deep and awesome. And just it's full of, of lore and references to the game and the universe and a little confusing. And honestly, by the end, I'm like, I know what's happening. But at the same time, I'm like, I got to, what the fuck was that? And I assume they're going to explain it in future parts and just, ah, oh, really good. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting's a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And BetterHelp is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... 
It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. Um, and there's just so much to do. Like I mentioned, the side quests, you can hunt for materia, which I know I didn't find all of it. You can grind to level up your materia, level up your weapons and stuff like that. Cause I mentioned that every weapon comes with its own special move. Once you master that special move, you can use it with any weapon. So like if you have five different swords for cloud, you have five different special moves, one per sword. Um, and so you can only use the one that's uh, that like, so if I equip the buster sword, I can only use the special move that comes with the buster sword. But once I master that move by using it enough, now it just becomes part of my repertoire. And then I can dump the buster sword, equip a different sword and still have access to the special move that the buster sword had. I hope that makes sense. So there's a ton of grinding for each character to go out, find each of their weapons, master each of those weapons and fill up your list of special moves that each character can do. Uh, with particular weapons. Um, there's coliseums and stuff where you can go grind through those and go through all the progressively harder fights to get better rewards and things like that, uh, which I didn't do all of it, but I will. Um, there's new game plus at the end where you can flip plus. <laughs> there's new game plus at the end where you can flip through different chapters and go back and do different things and find different outcomes and stuff like that. There's a hard mode that opens up once you finish it. Um, I have every intention of hopping in and replaying it on hard mode eventually. Uh, I'll be honest with you guys, when I bought it, uh, when I was going to buy it, I considered going physical because my plan was like, well, I'll beat it once and then probably sell it. Uh, I ended up going digital because I didn't want to go out because obviously what's happening in the world right now. And I think a physical copy might have been a little harder to find. So I just bought it off the PSN store. And I'm so happy that I did because I will play through this game multiple times. Uh, I liked it that much. It was so good. Um, I considered going for the platinum trophy on it. I'm just really not into trophies and achievements and stuff. I just want to play more of the game. But uh, I may try to platinum this one because I enjoyed it that much. And I really hate random encounters, like I mentioned earlier in my RPGs. But there aren't any in this one. It's The whole game is one huge cutscene. And it's I, it, from, from combat to the actual cutscenes, then storyline and story-driven moments to, to exploration to shopping to everything. is just one huge scene. It's gorgeous. Everything looks cool. The music's great. It just... It's... It's one of the best video games I've ever played, minus the fact that it's not the entire game. And I can look past that. So on a scale of 1 to 10, I give it like a 9.9. .9. Cannot recommend it enough. I loved everything about it. I will absolutely play it again. Game of the year, bar none. So with that said, I'm going to play some music. When we come back, we are going to be full of spoilers. So this is your first of two warnings. Spoilers are coming. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you haven't played it, do not listen to the second part. Go play it first, then come back and listen to that, okay? Uh, I'm going to play some music, get a drink of water. When I come back, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. You've been warned, all right? Here we go. Uh
Okay, this is your last warning. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. We are going into the spoiler cast. Spoilers are starting in about five seconds. So if you don't know what happens in this game or if you haven't played it yet, get the fuck out right now. Spoilers in three, two, one. Let's talk about that ending. What the fuck, you guys? The ending is crazy to this game. I keep seeing people talking about it. But while I was playing through it, I saw so many people. I was, I was... I was scared to go onto social media and search for Final Fantasy VII Remake because I was afraid of a spoiler popping up to ruin the ending because I'd seen so many people talking about the ending, complaining about the ending, praising it, and I was like, I gotta know what the fuck happens because, like, I'm sure a lot of you felt, I'm like, I know where it ends. They've already said it ends when they leave Midgar, and in the original Final Fantasy VII, you go to Shinra HQ, Sephiroth shows up, he kills the Shinra president, and then you guys get out of Midgar and realize, well, we have to go stop Sephiroth. And that's and I expected, I'm like, well, I know exactly how this thing ends. And this game gets close to that. You do the motorcycle chase where you've got, you know, you bust Red and, and Aerith out of Shinra HQ, and Tifa and Barrett and Aerith and Red are in the pickup truck, and you're on the motorcycle. And uh, admittedly, I didn't want to say it in the original part of the review podcast, Um I was a little disappointed in that fight because that's my favorite scene from the original game is the breakout on the motorcycle. And I didn't care for the boss fight where you're riding the motorcycle. I just thought I'd rather just fight them. Like this, this is kind of boring to me. This was almost an environmental battle, but, but whatever, minor nitpick doesn't really matter. Uh, so then you get out of, I mean, I have to tell you guys, like you, you fucking, you, you get away from Shinra HQ and then goddamn Sephiroth shows up and then you fight those whisper things and then you fight Sephiroth. You fight Sephiroth at the end of the first game, which is only like five hours in. And that Sephiroth fight is so fucking good, especially once a couple members of your party rejoin. That's something I wanted to talk about in the first half, but I didn't want to spoil anything. There's a, oh my God, when you're fighting Sephiroth near the end of the game, I, I, it felt like a Ninja Turtles movie or something. Cause you're like, I'm controlling Cloud and I'm running up to Sephiroth and we're just trading blows. Like, wah, 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 wah. and then as soon as Sephiroth starts to take over, I hit down and the camera just spins around to Tifa and I'm like, all right, you're up. And it'd be like, you know, from Leonardo to Donatello. And then Tifa comes running in like, wah, 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 wah. and then Sephiroth starts teeing off on her. So then I hit it again and switch over to Aerith, who's a little bit further away. And she blasts him a couple of times and then heals Cloud and Tifa. Then I go back to Cloud, like, oh, I fucking love that fight so much. But then you've like, the ending has been very up for interpretation. And I was a little bit confused when I finished it, as I'm sure some of you guys were. It was late. I played it till like one in the morning. I usually go to bed at like 11. Uh, but I knew I was getting close to the end and I wanted to see what happened. Um, the way I interpret everything, especially after watching a couple of videos and reading some articles about how other people interpreted it, is the when you kill off those whispers, you, they're the ones that control fate and destiny. And uh, I never noticed it while I was playing that those things kept popping up every time the original story would have changed. I never noticed that. And I thought that was such a clever thing once you do realize that's what they're doing. Every time something would have changed from the original Final Fantasy VII storyline, they pop up to kind of pull it back and make it stay in its lane. Um, and basically, Sephiroth, borderline, the way I interpret it, is he taunts you into going into their dimension and killing them. Because by killing them, you release fate and destiny, and now anything can happen. And I think the reason Sephiroth does that is because he knows that he can't win. On the original Final Fantasy VII story, he knows he loses eventually. So if he gets you to come and kill these destiny things, now the door is open for him to try a different strategy and, and win. And that's what's got me so fucking excited about the second and third and whatever many other chapters there are of this game, is that like now who knows what happens because the destiny whispers are gone, so they can't force you 
you back into your lane. Like maybe Aerith doesn't die. Maybe you can save her, right? Maybe, I mean, Zach is fucking around, right? At the very end of the game, they show that that part would be very confusing to someone that knew nothing about Final Fantasy VII as well. But basically, you see Zach, who's supposed to die in that fight against Shinra protecting Cloud. You see him and Cloud making their way into Midgar while Cloud and Aerith are walking that same area out into the the world so it's like well if cloud is if zach is still alive then cloud couldn't become zach and take over that character but then why is cloud like cloud and like i mean it could go one of two ways they could really murder this story and just make one of the most epic stories ever told where maybe you get to control zach at some point which would be rad you know what i mean and maybe there's two different sephiroth and there's like time jumping and stuff they could either make this absolutely phenomenal or they could royally fuck it up and i'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they did such a great job with this first one. I want to see what they do moving forward. I'm like, I'm not going to say they fucked up until they fuck up because they've laid out a phenomenal map. Like the groundwork is set to tell just an epic fucking story. And I just pray they don't ruin it, you know? And to me, the only, I mean, I'm, listen, if you're listening to this and you didn't like the ending, that's your prerogative. You paid your money. It's work of art. You can decide whether you like art or not. In my opinion, the only real reason to complain about that ending is if you're worried that they're going to change the future now and one of your favorite cutscenes from the original game isn't going to happen now. Or maybe something like that. Like, I'm, I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm praying they get rid of fucking Cat Sith altogether and you just don't have to... I know they show him at one point, like, the little black cat, but he's not riding on the big fat white thing. Um, but I would love it if you just don't have to play as that stupid loser at all right like I, I just i'm so excited to see what they do because the door's wide open like i said maybe Aerith doesn't die maybe you get to control zach maybe the turks fucking join you like that would be so cool like maybe there's an option where you could go and recruit them right like there's just there's so many things that they could do now and i think it was such a genius way to really take the handcuffs off and not just have to remake the rest of the game in the way that it was supposed to be made and have the option to do whatever you want Oh God, I just hope they don't fuck it up. And I, I'm not even gonna say I don't think they will because maybe they do. I don't know. Um, but they've certainly opened the door to do something really special, and I, I'm really excited about it. So uh, I'm just going through my notes to see what else it is I, I wanted to talk about. Maybe Aerith doesn't die. Maybe you can play Zach. It's a bold move. I do agree with that. I agree with that. Hopefully, there's no Cat Sith. I fucking agree with that because I fucking hate him. Um, oh yeah, another cool thing they did. Uh, I, and like, as I, I always found, I found Shinra HQ a little boring at one point while I was playing through the remake, I was like, ah, oh, fuck off. Like, and I made the mistake of, well, I don't matter if it's the mistake. I took the stairs cause you guys know there's the part where you could either take the elevator up to the top floor or you could take the stairs. I decided to take the stair route, uh, cause I thought maybe there'd be some items or something in there. And you literally have to control your three characters up 59 flights of stairs. Um, and I, it got a little boring at points, but at the same time, it actually turned out to be quite entertaining because you've got cloud and Barrett just chirping each other with Tifa telling them both to just shut the fuck up. And I thought that was really, really funny. Um, but when you get up to the top floors of Shinra HQ, you get to go like they, they did a really cool job of making you go through this like tour. And it's like a tour that like the general public could take of Shinra HQ. But like that part where they take you into like the virtual map where they're showing that they want to make like Neo Midgar out of where the ancients are, where they have all this unlimited supply of Mako, which I always assume was pronounced Mako, by the way. I never knew that it was called Mako. I thought it was Mako, um, but that's just me. 
Uh, they did a really good job of really flushing out what it is Shinra's trying to do and really making a good, like doing a great job of making them seem like this, like I never got the impression in the first game, the first Final Fantasy seven that like the, the world really liked Shinra and thought that they were doing something good except for Avalanche. Whereas in this game, you really get the impression that like the, the PR spin they're putting on what they're doing is great. Do you know what I mean? Like, and stuff like this tour that people could just go take and stuff like that. They're like Disney, but then you find out that like, no, they're a terrible company, but the general public doesn't realize that they're a terrible company because they're trying to make it seem like they're heroes. Uh, I thought they did a great job of that. I loved that tour of Shinra HQ and just some of the backstory. There was like little hints where they talked about like their uh, outer space program and how it was on hiatus or something, which is Sid. And that's the storyline of how Sid joins, which I think is rad. And, um, oh God, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I'm, that his name is escaping me, but the leader of the Turks, uh, doesn't like it. And he's like really trying to voice his like opinion that like this is a bad idea and no one's listening to him. And you know that later on it's, you know, he's Cat Sith and that's fucking really cool. Um, and I love that uh, Sephiroth still shows up and kills the president of Shinra, but then he also kills Barrett. And that part caught me off guard because I was like, there's no fucking, I was like, is that the ending everyone's talking about? Barrett dies? I was like, there's no way they kill Barrett off before the rest of this game goes through. But then the Whispers show up and bring Barrett back to life. And I never even clued into the fact that the Whispers were just trying to keep the story on the rails, right? But just, I really came to, I went from dreading that Shinra HQ part, especially the beginning where you got to control Tifa and jump across the lights, which I thought was kind of boring. Um, it went from me not liking it to fucking loving it. And I love that Red joins your team and I'm a little disappointed that you can't control him. But at the same time, like, I can't imagine how much work it must be to program in all the, like, to come up with the fighting um, mechanics for each character and make them all unique and feel like themselves. And it would have been a ton of work to come up with Red's fighting mechanics for, like, an hour and a half of the game, which is really the only time you get to use them. Because half the time he's on your team, you're in that fucking truck, right? Or at the end of the game, uh, you don't get to control him. He's just up there with with Barrett, and you, it's cool because you can see him doing his like limit attacks and stuff like Barrett is, but you're not actually controlling him. And I was, I was slightly disappointed that you couldn't use him, um, but I can live with it. I mean, take your time, fucking get it right. It's fine. I thought they did a great job of Cloud, Tifa, Barrett, and Aerith, and how each of the four of them felt completely differently and handled differently. And I felt myself constantly switching between each character during combat, partially out of necessity because I needed them to use one of their moves and partially just because I was having fun controlling all of them. Like I, I don't think it would have been nearly as enjoyable to just control cloud the whole time. Switching back and forth was rad. There's a boss fight near the end when you're in Hojo's lair where that giant robotic snake thing like fights, he's fighting with cloud and Barrett and then it shifts off to fight Tifa and Aerith. And you have to control both sides of the fight. I thought that was really well done. Um, yeah, I fucking... Oh, I love that Shinra HQ scene. It went from being boring to me to just really... Maybe better than any other part in the game. Tacking on some meat to the story bone. Um, I thought it was incredibly well done. Uh, I, I like the way they flushed out the characters. Like I said early, uh, earlier, I thought Cloud's awkward kind of wants to be part of the team, kind of wants to be nice, but he isn't nice. I thought that was really cool. I never really cared for Aerith. I don't know what it was about her voice. Maybe it was her voice. Maybe it was the script. I don't know. But like, to me, she came across as kind of annoying, right? Like in the first game, I thought she was a little annoying too. But in this one, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I just really wanted to be like, you're not the type of girl I would want to talk to. Like you're kind of a, a pain in the ass. 
Uh, whereas I thought Tifa was really well done. Jesse kind of stole the show. I think most people agree with that. I hope that they bring her back in the second part because if they're showing that Biggs is still alive, then hopefully Jesse survived as well. Um, it'd be really cool if you got to play as them, but I doubt you will. But she was like, to me, she stole the show as far as the female characters go. I thought she was awesome. Uh, I thought that Barrett went from being a little bit cliche and cheesy to being hilarious. And by the end of the game, he was my favorite. Um, every single time that he would go kiss my ass as he did his like big cannon shot, it cracked me up. And sometimes when you'd win fights, Barrett would do the like, dun, 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 bum, 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 bum. and I can imagine some people thought it was cheesy. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and he went from like angry old man or angry fucking big tough guy to like trying to be nice. Like there's a scene near the end where him and Cloud are in a pipe and he says something about how uh, Tifa's got your back or something. And then he goes, that makes two of us to Cloud. And it's his way of being like, hey, like we're friends. And then once Red joins the team, I thought Barrett and Red had great chemistry. And I fucking pray that that sticks with that through the rest of the game like all the future chapters. There's a part where they're in the truck trying to get away near the end. And Barrett goes, Hey, you know, this truck's a piece of shit, right? And red goes like, that's coming from the 300 pound bag of it. And Barrett's like, Hey, and then Tifa's like, not now at both of them. Uh, I love that. I, to me, that would add a whole nother layer to Barrett. Instead of him just being this fucking big, angry guy that hates everything, make him like, make him funny. Like let him and red beak at each other for the whole game. I think that'd be fucking hilarious. Um, the scenes between Barrett and Marlene were great. I think part of the problem is that you don't really get to know more of Barrett's backstory until he deals with with Dinah and stuff. And that's not going to happen until later on in the game. So for most of this game, they had nothing to work with other than Marlene as far as trying to make Barrett seem human. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, But I, I, I loved it. By the end of it, I thought he was my, he was my favorite character in the game. Um, I thought some of the new side characters they introduced, that fucking rock guy or whatever his name was, the motorcycle guy, I, I assume that he pops back up. I kept expecting him to pop up at the end of the game and he never did. So I'm assuming that he shows up later on in the game. Um, I thought the, the the Don, Don Corneo or whatever the fuck his name is, was really funny. I love the way they added his like jiggly fat gut onto the front and just what a grease ball he came across as. I thought the president came across really great, just like a total sleaze ball. Uh, and the rest of his lackeys, like Hojo and Heidegger, I think is how you say it, and all of them. I could take or leave Sephiroth, to be honest with you. Like, I love the ending fight against them, and I really like the concept of the story. I also wouldn't have been ashamed, uh, upset if Sephiroth never showed up, and you never really dealt with him during the game. I wouldn't have really been upset with that either. Um, but so many of the new characters are rad. Biggs, Wedge, Jesse, like I mentioned before, awesome. The cross-dressing scene... Uh, they did such a great job in that. The dancing part, I thought, with with Andrea, I think was the guy's name, I thought was fucking awesome. I enjoyed that whole part. Walmart, I thought was rad. It just came across as such a sleazy, greasy, like underground Vegas fucking place, which is, I think, what they wanted it to be in the first game. And honestly, I don't know if they didn't do a good job of it because I just didn't get it or if they didn't do a good job of it because they just didn't do a good job of it in the first game. I didn't, it just didn't give me that sleazeball feel quite as much as it did in this one um i i love the scene where you dance as cloud and actually that was my favorite part of Aerith too is when she's like getting into it and like clapping and coming along with it um i didn't get all the dresses you got to go back and play all the chapters and i don't that part i'm kind of like man because i liked how in the original game you had like the more work you did to go around and get stuff the better chances you had it you know you had to, it was almost like a, like a mini game and i didn't feel like it played out that way in this one um, I liked a lot of the mini games actually, by the way. I love the darts mini game. 
Like, I want to play a full game of darts like that. I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought that the uh, squat mini game was fun. I thought the pull-up mini game uh, got a little frustrating trying to beat Jules with Tifa, but I did it eventually. Quick sp- uh, spoiler. I guess this is a spoiler cast. If you can't beat that part, what I ended up doing after about losing six or seven times was figure out your button combinations in two sets of two. So, like, it would be like, um, like triangle square which would be like top left and then circle x would be right bottom and i would do it in two sets of two so i would be like one two one two one two one two and then just kind of space out don't listen to anything i just kind of blurred my vision and looked at the screen that way and just went like one two one two one two one two one two and just spaced out that so if you're trying to beat jules that's how i did it and i actually listened for the clicking of the buttons on my controller to get my timing down i just did it in a rhythm based game like that so that's my suggestion that's how i would do it um Oh yeah, there's a. I loved the scene uh, where they're up in the lights. I never quite understood the plates over the slums. Like I got it, but I didn't get it. This did a great, a much better job of kind of showing you exactly how that all works. And that scene where you're up in the rafters and you have to turn off the lights, which work as like the sun for the slums, and you can see the slums down below you. I thought that was phenomenally done. It was just gorgeous. Um, and then after the plate falls. And you have to climb back up to go back up to Shinra Tower. And you can see the like the destroyed slums down beneath you and everything. I oh man, I thought that that really hit home. Like they did a much better job to me explaining the the level of damage that those plates did. And I thought that was really part of me, really, really cool. And then there's a scene after the plate falls where Tifa just breaks and just starts crying and crying onto Cloud's shoulder. And then you see Cloud like not quite sure what to do with her. And then eventually he does the like, you know, he brings her in for the hug. And I thought that was really cool. And then I was reading some things that apparently that can change based on some of the stuff you've done. Like I've, some people have had other characters cry. I didn't know that that was an option. Um, I had, and I personally prefer Tifa, like for the date scene at the Golden Saucer and the next one and stuff. I hope that it's Tifa. I've always preferred it to be Tifa over Aerith because, I mean, partially because Tifa doesn't die <laughs> and partially because I just like her better than Aerith. But uh, I thought that crying scene was really great. And the way they do a good job of making Cloud come across is just this hard as fuck, wall up, no love character. And then he finally cracks and like realizes some of the damage that has been done. I thought that was really, really well done too. Um, like I've, I've already sucked to the dick of the combat forever, but the way Cloud is a complete tank, Tifa's like a really fast kind of secondary tank. Barrett does the distance attacks with the shooting and then Aerith is your mage. Uh, I thought that was all really well done. I didn't use Aerith that much other than to heal stuff. And honestly, like from reading some of the stuff about doing it on hard, I feel like maybe I missed out. It sounds like you could really equip her with some great materia and do more with her that way. But I was like, eh. Uh, Another thing that like I was kind of meh on was the upgrading weapons. I thought the concept was really cool. The grid was really neat and everything. But like, and maybe it applies more on hard. I didn't really feel the need to like, like I was, I was working on making like one of Cloud's swords into like his magic sword and one of them into like his melee sword and stuff. But then once I equipped his sword, I just ran with that sword. Like I actually used the Iron Blade sword for Cloud pretty well the entire game. It was just the one I liked the best, and I, I, I just I, I never got around to switching up all the weapons. I do like the way they gave Barrett some melee weapons and some shooting weapons, stuff that wouldn't have mattered in the original game, but mattered huge in this one. Oh yeah, and speaking of Barrett and his distance attacks, that fight against the air bender or airbuster or whatever the part where you're on the t and you remember that eventually that's where it blows up and then cloud falls through the church roof uh, i loved that fight 
that to me was the first battle that really came across as this like epic like by the end of that i i had to bring all my characters back to life a couple of times because one would die and i'd have to switch over to another one and stuff like i thought that was so well done i thought they did a great job of making use of the t bridge and the shape of it and how sometimes that thing would fly away and then only barrett could reach it or you could shoot it with magic and stuff um i didn't really care for the summons I, I like the concept. I hate Chadley, that little fucking wiener. But I get that he serves a purpose. Uh, I didn't like how you couldn't use summons anytime. I, I mean, I like even in the regular game, I wouldn't have called a summon for most regular battles. Like I save it for the big fights. But like in this one, it was just like it kind of forced you to do that. And I thought that was a little weak because I wanted to play with them a little bit more. Um, but whatever, that's that is what it is. The big thing I wanted to talk about here in the spoiler cast was the ending. And just how epic it was. And then just like I say, some of the added stuff they did. I thought the sewers was a lot of fun. I thought that the part where you have to control those robotic hands and move the sea cans for Aerith to climb up the ladders fucking sucked. I hate That might have been my least favorite part of the entire game was that part. Uh, I love being up in the plate. I love being able to see the slums down below and being destroyed. I love the way Sector 7 and Sector 5 and stuff all bled together. And you could run by, by the end of the game. You could kind of run in between sectors. And things like that. And then you could take the chocobos around. I thought Walmart was phenomenal. Probably the highlight of the game for me, actually. I, I thought that was like the coolest part of the game. Um, oh, yeah. And another part that was really rad. Really rad. Oh, fuck. They did such a great job of it. Was when you could go up on top of the plates with Jessie and go see where she lived. And find out that like she's living down below, even though she's got family that's up top, because that's where the Shinra employees live. And they've got like this great life up there. And it looks like a really nice like middle-class community but then down below everyone lives in poverty and they live underneath them because they work for shinra and i want to know and maybe they said it and i missed it do the people down living in the slums know how good life is up above like i know they all talk about living up there but i like it'd be cool if, they, if like if they actually knew just how great life was up there and then how shitty it was down below and then the way you could see all of midgar from up at the top of shinra hq near the end of the game and stuff just the detail, like they really flushed out Midgar. It went from me being like, dude, why are you guys only doing Midgar? To being like, I get why Midgar is its own game. Like it was so well done. And honestly, if this was not a remake, but just an original game, like they could have basically ended it uh, with them setting, like realizing, hey, we stopped Shinra, or at least we think we stopped Shinra because that's what we wanted to do. But now we found out Sephiroth is a bigger enemy and ended on a cliffhanger like that. And I would have been totally fine with it. But the fact that I know that Sephiroth like calls Meteor and I know that Aerith dies and casts Holy or Holy from in the live stream and all that kind of stuff uh, just makes it so much crazier than it could have been on its like just fuck me now you understand like you, like and anyone that's finished it knows you gotta play the original first you gotta know that story and then it sucks because like you can't tell somebody play the original before you play this one because this one runs as like a parallel timeline to the original without t ruining the original right and with the ruining the big cliffhanger so like all you can do is just hammer home play the original so if you talk to anyone about this game and they're asking you about it and they haven't played the first one tell them to play the first one first they gotta play it <sighs> That ending is so up to interpretation, too. Um, I really can't wait to see what they do with it. Like, I really can't wait. Like, Final Fantasy Remake Part 2 is already my most anticipated game of whatever year it's coming out. I cannot wait to play the second part of this. Uh, I want to know what you think of it. Like, listen, if, if you're a Patreon supporter, reach out to me via DM uh, and let me know what you think of it. Or on Twitter or on Instagram or whatever. Don't talk about it on the main feeds because I don't want to spoil it for anyone that hasn't played it. I would have enjoyed that so much less had I known what happens at that ending during the game. Like, I would have enjoyed it so much less. 
I really think that they nailed it this time and made it special. Um, I just, fuck, I love this game, you guys. I loved it so much. I can't wait to play through it again. I am going to play through it again. I want to get everything. I want to get all the summons and beat all of Chadley's challenges and finish everything at the Coliseum and just... I, I game of the year for me by a mile. It's it's probably going to end up on my favorite games of all time list. I I I loved it so much. I want to know what your thoughts are. So shoot me a private message. Do not post it somewhere public where you're going to ruin anything for anybody else. Just shoot me a DM. Let me know what you thought of the game. I really hope you guys enjoyed this spoiler cast, this review of the game as much as I. It feels so good to finally get all this off my chest to just be able to talk about Final Fantasy VII remake. Like I said earlier. Give it like a 9.8, 9.9 out of 10. Uh, I loved it. Those few little nuances that I didn't like aren't enough to make me not want to go back. A lot of old RPGs, there's one part that sucks. Like in Final Fantasy 4 or 2, whatever you want to call it, there's that cave where you can't use metal weapons. That part fucking sucks. And and um, is there a part that sucks in Earthbound? You know what? In Earthbound, I fucking hate that weird backwards land where it's like nighttime. I never liked that part. Lots of games have that one part that I'm like, ugh, I don't want to go back and play that. I don't think this game has that. The only part of the game I didn't really like was the mechanical arm moving sea cans thing. And that's not really that long. You can just bomb through that really quick and just get it done. Um, I can't wait to play it again. I can't wait to play more. Let me know what you guys thought of it. Thank you so much for listening to this, you guys. I guess spoilers are over now. I want to know your thoughts. I'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday uh, with episode 94, which is going to be all about Spiral the Dragon from the PlayStation 1 because that won the Patreon poll that you guys voted in. Thanks for listening, you guys. Take it easy. Stay safe. Clean your hands. Clean your controllers. And I'll talk to you again in a couple of days. Cheers. Hey, thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. That is a blast from the past. I was a lot more uh, monotone back then than I am now. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but anyway, it doesn't matter. It's like a four-year-old podcast. Good times. Uh, thanks again for listening. Like I said, if you want more of these, hit us up at patreon.com slash rememberthegame to see what all is waiting for you in the bonus podcast archives. You can view them all on Spotify as well. Our subscriptions start at $3 a month. We offer annual subscriptions that'll save you your 12th month's fees. We donate 5% of our Patreon income to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton as part of our Extra Life campaign. So you support the show. You can write into the show. You get to listen to more of the show. It's basically, if you like the show put three dollars into the show patreon.com slash remember the game in case you're wondering yes i do intend to post a final fantasy 7 rebirth uh review slash spoiler cast probably will be near the end of march early april depending on when i get this game uh done so far so good i've only played a couple hours but it's fucking sick thanks again everybody i appreciate all the support and i will talk to you on the next one cheers goodbye <laughs> Thank you.